Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. Opening on Broadway December 27, 1944, at the International Theater, Sing Out Sweet Land, with a book by Walter Kerr, was presented by the Theater Guild as, quote, a salute to American folk and popular music, unquote. The production starred Broadway favorite Alfred Drake, who had just created the role of Curly in the landmark musical Oklahoma. Juanita Hall, soon to make history as Bloody Mary in the premiere of South Pacific, B.B. Osterwald, who would build a career as Carol Channing's understudy in various shows, and Burl Ives, whose wide acting range extended from playing Captain Andy in Showboat to Big Daddy in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and even as Sam the Snowman, narrator of the classic TV Christmas special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Praised by critics as, quote, a captivating cavalcade, unquote, Sing Out Sweet Land celebrated music deriving from traditional American folk songs alongside original material by John Mundy, Edward Agar, and Ellie Sagermeister. Called a, quote, happy American fusion of drama, dance, and music, unquote, the story begins in Puritan New England, with its many repressions. Through its scenes wanders a fellow out of legend, one Barnaby Goodchild, a person who never grows old and who is imprisoned in the stocks in the first scene, condemned by Parson Killjoy to go singing and dancing through the ages. Barnaby moves blithely with American music through history, bringing his singing ways to a Civil War campfire, to Texas of the railroading days, to the gay 90s and the roaring 20s, and into America during the fourth year of the ongoing Second World War. Sing Out Sweet Land captured the spirit of the times when it was first conceived, a timely reminder of the culture and values citizens might have been thinking of on the home front as loved ones were overseas fighting. The show was developed in response to the evocation of Americana begun by Broadway's Oklahoma in 1943 and Bloomer Girl also in 1944. Although originally conceived for small venues with little scenery, Sing Out Sweet Land was, as Kerr notes in the libretto, quote, a musical biography of American song, unquote. Not taking the author's suggestion, the Broadway version was far more elaborate than Kerr suggested in his notes. Visually, the production teemed with the sights and sounds of the farms, the high roads, the railroads, the rivers, the mountains, and the prairies. It was alive with fragrant reminders of our pioneers, our patriots, and our nameless minstrels who looked to make America's valor the finest in the world. Here on the October 21st, 1945 episode of the Theater Guild on the Air are Arthur Godfrey, Betty Jane Watson, J. Scott Smart, Will Gear, and from the original Broadway cast, Burl Ives in Sing Out Sweet Land. The United States Steel Corporation, half a million employees and stockholders, presents the Theater Guild on the Air. The 
United States Steel is happy to bring you the Theater Guild, one of America's foremost producers of stage plays. The Theater Guild, which presented over 150 plays in the American theater, comes to you now over the air. Tonight we bring you Walter Kerr's joyous American musical, Sing Out, Sweet Land, with Burl Ives, the wayfaring stranger, leading singer of American folk songs, Arthur Godfrey, well-known radio personality as narrator, Phoebe Osterwald, musical comedian, Josh White, famous singer of Negro ballads, Betty Jane Watson, leading lady of the Theater Guild's Oklahoma, J. Scott Smart, Will Gear, some singers from the chorus of Oklahoma, and Josh White Quartet. And here is Lawrence Langner, co-director with Teresa Halburn of the Theater Guild, to tell you something about the play and its players. Mr. Langner. Thank you, Mr. Brokenshire. Ladies and gentlemen, our play tonight is Walter Kerr's Sing Out Sweet Land, the first ever given to be based upon popular American folk songs. It teems with the songs of the farms, the high roads, the railroads, the rivers, the mountains, and the prairies. Starting from Puritan days and going down through the Revolution and the Civil War to present times, it is alive with fragrant musical reminders of our pioneers, our patriots, and our nameless minstrels who have made American ballads the finest in the world. The hero of our musical is Barnaby Goodchild. Like two other famous Americans, Paul Bunyan and Johnny Appleseed, he's a legendary figure and never grows old. Barnaby is a vagrant singer with a restless foot. And so is Burl Ives, the wayfaring stranger, who plays and sings the part of Barnaby tonight. Like Barnaby, Ives is happiest when roaming the roads. With his appearance with us in New York in this musical last winter, he achieved a certain respectability which has aroused the suspicions of his old cronies. And now the curtain rises on the Theater Guild production of Walter Kerr's musical... Sing Out Sweet Land, presented by the United States Steel Corporation. Sing Out Sweet Land. You mean to tell me you never heard of Barnaby? Barnaby Goodchild? You mean to say your mother nor your father never told you about him? I, I don't think so. Boy, the education of your heart is being sadly neglected. Who is this Barnaby? Does he live around here? Live around here? Well, that depends. Sometimes he does. Of course, I've seen him around here all right, and I imagine you will too before long. Especially now you know what to look for and listen for. What's he look like? Look like? Well... And where is he from? And how old is he? And what does he do? Well, I guess about as good a place to start as any is the time 300 years ago when Barnaby Goodchild was a handsome young fellow with a roving eye and a roving foot and a hankering to have a good time. 300 years ago, you know, it wasn't exactly fashionable to enjoy yourself. It landed young Barnaby in the Puritan stocks. Locked up as a public example, while Parson Killjoy 
pointed a long, skinny finger at him and held him up as a frightful object lesson to his Puritan congregation. Hey, look at him. Poor boy. Handsome lad with all. Children of sorrow, children of woe, I have brought ye forth to observe this sinner locked in the stocks. Good day to thee, parson. Quiet, sinner. He was discovered this Sabbath day pursuing follies we crossed the ocean to shun, singing profane songs on the Sabbath, dancing on the public road, and last night, last night, whistling neath Priscilla's window. Priscilla Foster, did he not whistle neath thy window? He did. Do you think I know not what this leads to? Next to the pressing of the nose against the pane, then the opening of the window a little, then the opening of the window more, then the leaning of the head out, and then the catching of the cold. Silence. <laughs> Begotten of Satan, thou hast not even a name. He calls himself Barnaby Goodchild. Barnaby Goodchild. Home with ye all, good people, before brimstone destroys ye utterly for the crimes ye've witnessed today. Begone, Priscilla, succor not evil. And as for thee, sinner, thou hast distracted the godly from their pursuits. I leave thee to repent thy sin. Hmm. Got to repent my sins. Barnaby. Priscilla. I, I think I am able to set thee free, Barnaby. Hast thou stolen the key from the parson? I have my means. See? There. Priscilla Foster, <gasps> what dost thou do? But the devil alone could open that lock. Priscilla Foster, thou art a witch. Oh, no, no. Else how hast thou opened yon lock? With, the, with her hairpin, parson. Hairpin? Witch thee. Thou hast spirited the boy. Parson, if I show thee plain how yon hairpin could open yon lock... Would thou then not burn Priscilla for a witch? Thou canst not do it. Come hither, parson, I'll show thee. Mm. Put thy hands in the stocks. Mm. So, now. Right. Tis locked. Look, see. Into this lock I place the hairpin. Observe that it be twisted to and fro, to and fro. What happens? Nothing. It doesn't open? Nope. And dost thou know what to do now? Yep, run. A, a, a trick, a trick. Barnaby! Barnaby, good child, I bid ye go. From henceforth never come into good company. None shall feed ye, and none shall house ye, and ye must wander the desolate roads with thy singing and dancing forever. It's quite a curse. Oh, do not fear it, Barnaby. We might have been happy here, thou and I, but thy roving foot would not be still. If thou must wander the roads forever, tis lightness of heart you will bring to folk, and with all their woe, they'll need thee and thy singing. Goodbye, Priscilla. Goodbye, Barnaby. Goodbye, Barnaby. Goodbye. Well... Next time Barnaby was seen, it was after the Revolution. And the way my father's father told it to me, he saw this Barnaby walking down the road, and he recognized him by the song on his lips. He said that Barnaby was smiling as broad as the arch of the sky, and tickling his guitar, too. Way down the Ohio, my little boat I steer, in hopes that a pretty girl on the banks will appear. I'll hug her and I'll kiss her till my mind is at ease. Then I'll turn my back on her and court whom I please. Oh, way down the Ohio, a little fish did play. In hopes that an angleworm would wriggle his way. This worm I provided, he decided to munch. That's how he got his breakfast, and I got my lunch. Oh. 
father's father told me that Barnaby went off down the road that led to the wilderness until at length he came to a clearing where there was a log cabin. And on the stump of a begum tree in front of the cabin sat a man sawing away on his fiddle. Same tune over and over, same part of the same tune, over and over and over. Barnaby walked up to this man and said to him, Howdy, stranger. I'm not a man for repeating myself, but how do you do, stranger? Pretty much as I please. Mean to go right on doing it, too. Stranger, sir, can I stay here for the night? Out here in the road? Sure thing. Friend, sir, I'm feeling tired. I've been wandering all over this country. Can I spend the night under your roof? Not without you get wet. The roof leaks. Then why don't you mend it? Been raining a lot. Can't do it in the rain. Then why don't you do it when it ain't raining? Don't leak, then. Well, why in the name of sin don't you play the rest of that tune? The part that goes... Hey, hey, stranger, can you play the rest of that tune? Can I? What did I get myself born for? If you can play the rest of that tune, you can stay in my cabin the rest of your natural life. We make a shakedown on the floor and let the dog sleep atop of you for warmth. I can play it, friend, sir. I can play it. Molly Weston, he knows the rest of the tune. Allie, Samuel, drop your plow and come a-running. Minnie boy, fly around, get some corn dodgers and bacon for the gentleman. He knows the rest of the tune. I start right off with a dump diddle dump. Old Ned's broke loose from Georgia. Skunk cabbage grown by the bee gum show. Whipple, will you're singing now. Oh, Georgia food is mighty fine food. The best ever for you. But it eats the souls right off in your shoe. When Hades broke loose from Georgia. My mother was a whippoorwilker. with the first breeze in the morning. The roads are whispering to me. Oh, no, no. You, you can't shut up. You've got to stay. discussion. After all, I'm the gal's mother. Ma'am, speak to me fair. What's your opinion of the wedded state? When I was single, oh, then, oh, then, when I was single, oh, then, when I was single, a kiss made me tingle. I wish I were single again, again. I wish I were single again. He was handsome and tall, oh, then, oh, then. He was handsome and tall, oh, he was handsome and tall, but brother, that's all. I wish I were single again, again. 
again. I wish I were single again. He had lots of hair, amen, amen. He had lots of hair, amen. He'd enough for a nest, now it's all on his chest. I wish I were single again, again. I wish I were single again. Enough of this shilly shallying. Do he marry my daughter or don't he? He don't. He do. He, he do. do. Wait. Maybe I don't want to. Don't cry, on Mary Jane. Don't worry. I'm a bachelor now, and I'm going to stay a bachelor. When I was a bachelor, I lived all alone. I worked at the weaver's trade. And the only, only thing that I did that was wrong... Was to woo a fair young maid I wooed her in the winter time Part of the summer too And the only, only thing that I did that was wrong Was to keep her from the foggy, foggy dew One night she knelt close by my side when I was fast asleep, she threw her arms around my neck and then began to weep. She wept, she cried, she tore her hair. Ah, me, what would I do? So all night long I held her in my arms Just to keep her from the foggy, foggy dew Again I am a bachelor I live with my son We work at the weaver's trade And every single time that I look into his eyes he reminds me of the fair young maid. He reminds me of the winter time. Part of the summer, too. And of the many, many times that I held her in my arms. Just to keep her from the foggy, foggy doom. That's a good song, mister, but not good enough. Well, wait a minute. I speak for the whole community in saying you've got to marry up with Mary Jane. So you stay here and fiddle for us every night. Now, wait. Yeah, you're around. We're giant him up this minute. Now, now wait a minute, folks. Uh, uh, the... <laughs> hey, Indian. Come here, I'll be Hey, wait for me. You got to wait to protect me? Hello. Just one of you? Where are all your relatives? No relatives. You're high up in trees. Two people. See you. See you unhappy. Not one drive. Me like you. Me baby. Make big noise. Woo! Little squaw. I owe you my thanks. Thank you, little squaw. No squaw. Me maybe. Soon be squaw. Oh, gonna get married? Who to? Me no tell. Oh, bashful, huh? Well, just so long as it's not a bow and arrow wedding. You go away? Yep, up over the mountain. Oh, no, no! She came right up to me, took hold of my hand, 
and said, You're a stranger in a strange land. If you will follow, all's welcome to home. And sleep in the village where I call my home. The sun was passing out on the prairie as I wandered along with my little Mohee. Together we wandered, together we rode, till we come to the village where she called it home. Come, bridal dance soon starts. Oh, where's the bridegroom? Right here. Uh-oh. Was early one morning, one morning in May, I broke her poor heart by the words I did say. I'm going to leave you, so farewell, my dear. I'm heading far away to the mountains I steer. The last time I saw her, she knelt on the land, and so I departed. She waved me her hand, saying, When you first act of the Theater Guild on the Air, presented by the United States Steel Corporation. Tonight we are bringing you Walter Kerr's Sing Out Sweet Land. Now before our second act begins, here speaking for United States Steel is the well-known reporter of the American Broadcasting Company, George Hicks. Good evening. Next Saturday, October 27th, is Navy Day, and all America will join in this day of well-deserved tribute to the mightiest Navy in the history of the world. Tonight I'm going to ask you to do a little remembering with me so that you can better appreciate our Navy and the miracle that made it grow so rapidly. Remember back in the first year of the war when submarine wolf packs were sinking our ships almost every day, when the precious lifeline of shipping to our forces abroad and to our allies was in mortal danger. And there was such a desperate cry for more ships and still more ships. Today you know well how that cry was answered by American shipbuilding and allied industries, answered with the mightiest Navy and merchant fleet that ever sailed the sea. But during that first year of America's vast shipbuilding program, it was a crucial race against time, and that race began in American steel mills. Back in that critical period of deadly submarine warfare, American steel mills were faced with the necessity of producing twice the tonnage of steel plates for ships they had ever produced before. Completing new plants would have taken nearly two years. Obviously, something little short of a miracle was called for. 
and the know-how of the American steelmaker did the trick. Here's a story of real ingenuity. Some years prior to the war, U.S. Steel had installed high-speed continuous mills for rolling thin sheets of steel for automobile bodies, refrigerators, tin cans, and many other products. The equipment for these fast-moving strip mills was never intended to produce thick steel plates for ships, but the men of U.S. Steel, working tirelessly day and night, found a way to convert them into plate mills, and they did it in record time. For example, at one Pittsburgh district plant, the complete change was rushed through in just 37 days, accomplished literally with bits and pieces found in U.S. steel plants all over the country. Conversion of such peacetime sheet mills helped U.S. steel increase its ship plate production fourfold. A striking example of how construction and modernization of plant facilities in pre-war years for the improvement of peacetime products made it possible for U.S. steel to meet the nation's number one need in this critical emergency. We pause now for station identification. Hi, this is Porchlight Producing Associate and Company Manager, Chris Pasternak. Thank you for listening to WPMT. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration and hope you enjoy the show. We continue with the second act of Sing Out Sweet Land with Burr Lyons and Arthur Godfrey and B.B. Osterwald with Josh White and Betty Jane Watson. Barnaby was on the Oregon Trail. He was heading west with the 49ers, singing some and dancing some. The way my father tells it, the folks that set out to cross those plays in the wintertime, they needed some singing. My father told me how Barnaby come across a covered wagon one time, had a wheel with a busted spoke. He was looking around for a piece of wood to fix it. He saw a stake and yanked it out of the ground, and then all of a sudden, he saw something in the hole he'd left. How about this stake here, my good folks? Hey, looky there. What's that? Something yellow. Look at it shine. Just like gold. 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 It's real. Real gold? You got no right. You got no right. No, I want it for my kid. You'll have to reckon with me first. Hey! Who's been messing around with my gold claim? Who's laying claim to what I dug up with my bare hands? Who wants his neck between the same bare hands that squeezing his insides out of him? Over there. Him. Barnaby. Me? He yeah. pulled the He out. found the gold. He's the one that claimed Get it. Get me out of here. Quick. Goodbye. One side. Maybe you're changing your mind about that now, stranger. Uh, yep. I can't even remember what we was talking about. Suppose we could change the subject? Be a lot of changes by morning. <laughs> There'll be little left to you except a litter of bones and a set of teeth. You got any last requests? Uh, yep. <laughs> well, they refused. I've always been a singing man. Sure would like to sing now. Singing? Don't mind that. Brings the coyotes are running all the faster. Go ahead and sing, stranger. 
Well, it seems kind of foolhardy under the circumstances. But as the feller says, music hath charm. On top of old Smokey, all covered with snow, I lost my true lover from a courtin' too slow. On top of old Smokey, I went there to weep. A false-hearted lover is worse than a thief. For a thief he will rob you and take what you hate. But a false-hearted lover will send you to your grave. She'll hug you and kiss you and tell you more lies than the cross ties on the railroad or the stars in the sky on top of old smoke. <laughs> All covered with snow, I lost my true lover from a courting too slow. Strangers, you melted my heart. Can you ever forgive me? Put your arms around me and say you forgive me. Well, can't we just hold hands? I want your friendship, stranger. Will you be my partner? You see, I'm afraid I couldn't. I got to keep moving. Down Mississippi, maybe. I hear there's good music down south. No, I can't stand it. We can't part this way. Take my gold. Huh? Take my gold. Wherever you go, carry it with you. And I'll know I got a friend with a soul full of music remembering this old mountain bar. No, there ain't no man can sing or dance with all these big bags of gold hanging on him. You don't like me. You won't take my gift. What's my alternative? Coyotes and the loss of my deep affection. Coyotes, huh? I'll take the gold. Friend, I thank you. Don't mention it. So long, partner. So long. Keep your chin up. So down into the south-headed Barnaby, all bowed down under the weight of his bags of gold. What about his banjo, Grandpa? What about his fiddle and his guitar? <laughs> no room for them. Just enough strength to lug those big bags of gold along with him down the Mississippi. My father told me he couldn't even get the energy to sing a song. But he was right about there being good music down in the South. He found it when he came on a group of Negro slaves working with sledgehammers and singing as they worked, rhythmically pounding out a road under the thick trunk, moss-hung southern tree. Won't you ring, oh, I'm going to talk about Moses. Well, drop to Moses. Oh, ring, oh, Why don't you ring, oh, First thing Barnaby knew, they'd seen him and were all overlooking at him. Say, who's that man? I said, who's that man? What's she got in them bags? Got to go. Let's get that gold. Will a fella give it to me? Oh, he stole that gold. No, I didn't. Yes, she stole that gold. 
I says, Rango, Rango. Why don't you Rango have a ring? So you think I stole this gold? I'll give it to you to prove that it didn't. Here. See here, stranger. Ain't gonna have nobody find no stolen gold on me. Well, won't you take it, please, some of it? Just a little of it, maybe? I told you I ain't got no use for that gold, mister. Well, how about your girl? Couldn't you give it to your girl for a present? I ain't giving none of that gold to my gal. I got a better present than that. What is this? I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. I gave my love a chicken that had no bone. I told my love a story that had no end. I gave my love a baby with no crying. How can there be a cherry that has father tells it, Barnaby kept right on going down the Mississippi. Besides the gold? Yes, sir. Too loaded down to sing or dance. And still pursued by Parson Killjoy's curse. About halfway through the last century, he found himself in New Orleans. He came into New Orleans on one of those big, fancy river boats, still lugging his bags of gold. Oh, there's Lucy. Lucy! Oh, I'm so excited! 
And the captain of the steamboat, he gave Barnaby some good advice. Young fellow, because I like you and because I know what you're carrying in them sacks. Jack the Mighty, what I can do about it? I just want to warn you, son, that this here riverboat's a crawling with gamblers. Watch out for them, son. Surely will, Captain. I sure thank you for your kind advice. No, no, look out, son. You fellas gamblers? They're the ones I warned you about. You take money, do you? We ain't in the market for corn, silk. Is it in your mind to join us in a little game? Well, if I was to play cards with you for money, could I lose? Well, of course, there's always that slight chance. Can you teach me how to play? I reckon. Good enough for me, I'll join you. One card only. Fifty dollars. Mine's nine. What's yours? Nine spots on your card? You win. Only got one spot on mine. Uh, oh, <laughs> only one spot. That, that's too bad. Can we bet higher this time? Higher? Tell you what. I bet you my roll against your bag of gold. How's that? Honest? The whole bag? Five cards. No draw. Three, four, five. Guess I got you again, partner. Three kings. Kings? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right. What'd you draw? Well, I sure hope these queen ladies is lowering kings. Happy to say they are. <laughs> Man, you had me scared for a minute. Had four of them. Hey, Charlie, look out. Here comes the sheriff. Sheriff, well, stranger, I guess four is better than three. Take all the money. Well, hey, now, now, see here. That ain't fair. What's that? You say it ain't a fair game, brother? There's a nice day waiting for folks who don't play a fair game in New Orleans. You got a lot of relations in this country? I keep all the time seeing busybodies like you nosing around. Sir. Any game under suspicion of foul play, the sheriff's office got to confiscate all the money. Sorry, folks. You're taking away all all the money from me? That's law. Whee, looky. I can sing and dance again. Hey, hey, now come back here, Scalloway. Touch me, Whiskers. I've caught you, all right. You'll have to play them to do it. Hand on the horn. Goodbye, Sheriff. Goodbye, everybody. father told me. He was a soldier in the Civil War, my father, and he remembers marching back and forth across the country, fighting and singing, too. And he told me how once when he was sitting around the campfire with some of the men in his troop, Barnaby come by and joined the circle. Just sat down and joined the others, unslung his guitar and started a singing, song after song, while they asked for more. Better quiet down some fellas. Lieutenant's asleep in there. Let him sleep. Sing some more, you. Uh, Sing another. Sing it soft. I'll I'll sing you a song that's Abe Abe Lincoln's favorite song. When I was young, I used to wait on the boss and give him his plate and pass the bottle when he got dry. And brushed away the blue tail fly. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. 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 Jimmy crack corn and
Jimmy Crack all and I don't care, my master's gone away. And when he'd ride in the afternoon, I'd follow after with a hickory broom. The pony being rather shy, when bitten by a blue tail fly. Jimmy Crack all and I don't care, Jimmy Crack all and I don't care, Jimmy Crack all and I don't care, my master's gone away. One day he ride around the farm, the flies so numerous they did swarm. One chance to bite him on the thigh, the devil take the boot tail fly. Jimmy crack on and I don't care, Jimmy crack on and I don't care, Jimmy crack on and I don't care, my master's gone away. The pony run, he jump, he pitch, he threw my master in the ditch. He died and the jury wondered why. The verdict was the blue tail fly. Jimmy Crack on and I don't care. Jimmy Crack on and I don't care. Jimmy Crack on and I don't care. My master's gone away. They lay him under a simmon tree. His epitaph is there to see. Beneath the stone I'm forced to lie. Victim of a blue tail fly. Jimmy Crack on and I don't care. Jimmy Crack on and I don't care. Jimmy Crack on and I don't care. My master's gone away. Hey, what's going on here? The lieutenant. Oh, that lieutenant. Sure looks familiar. Same old long, sharp, prying nose. Who's this? Who are you? You want my name, Lieutenant, uh, sir, or my reputation? Quiet. Now, see here. What are you, Union or Rebel? I'm for the Union in a kind of a rebellious way. Southern pants, northern jacket, southern hat. What kind of uniform you got on? What's the idea of wearing both kinds of clothes? Well, I'm trying to get this country together in one piece. What? Spent a lot of time getting this country built, only to find I still got to pull it together. What are you, a politician? Nope. I fix folks up when the politicians get through with them. How? By joining them with a the tune. Ah, who are you for, north or south? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I, a little both. Well, half spy and half deserter, eh? We'll shoot you in either case. Formation, men. Ready, aim. Oh, uh, Lieutenant. Uh, I got a message for you. The fellow gave it to me down the road. Message? Message? Well, here, give it to me. What's this? General Lee surrender. Curtain has fallen on the second act of the Theater Guild on the Air, presented by the United States Steel Corporation. Tonight's production is Walter Kerr's Sing Out Sweet Land. Now, before our third act begins, here again for United States Steel is George Hicks. Because next Saturday is Navy Day, I thought I'd take a trip out to the Federal Shipbuilding and Dry Dock Company of Kearney, New Jersey, one of the members of the United States Steel family, for a story about this builder of ships. You know, when a ship is built these days, it's usually put together something like a jigsaw puzzle. No longer do the builders start at the keel and work upwards. 
Instead, the various parts of the ship are built in different places. They're equipped with wires, pipes, machinery, and other fittings. And then the sections are picked up by giant cranes and fitted together like the pieces of a great puzzle. This is called prefabrication. This method of building has been tremendously important in helping our nation turn out the fleets of ships which drove our enemies from the seas and put our men on foreign shores. Because of prefabrication, our yards turned out more ships faster than anyone had ever dreamed of before. This process of prefabrication, I learned, was pioneered and developed 28 years ago by the Federal Shipbuilding and Dry Dock Company. And so when the emergency came and our Navy needed more and more ships, Federal Shipbuilding was ready. Ship after ship began to slide off the ways. The time required to construct a destroyer was cut from 18 months to less than five. Federal Shipbuilding became the first shipyard in the world to launch four destroyers in a single day, and this was done again and again. A new shipyard was built at Port Newark, New Jersey, and operated by Federal Ship for the Navy. Freighters, being built for the U.S. Maritime Commission, were turned into fighters for the Navy. New types of ships were built, super troop ships, sub-killers, and various landing craft, ships to win control of the seas and cargo ships to use them. Now that the war is over and the totals are in, I can report to you that Federal Shipbuilding built 281 vessels, including everything from cruisers to barges, 281 fighting ships, more in number than the entire German Navy at the beginning of the war, a fleet that helped our great Navy sail to victory. This was the wartime contribution of the men and women of Federal Shipbuilding and Dry Dock Company, one of the members of the United States Steel family. Today, Federal has resumed its peacetime job of building vessels to carry on the commerce and the travel of our country. We continue with the third act of Sing Out Sweet Land with Burl Ives, Arthur Godfrey, and B.B. Osterwald, Josh White, Betty Jean Watson, G. Scott Smart, and Will Gear. <laughs> Still a lot of work he had to do. He was all over the country in the next few years, helping to build the railroads to join the people together even more. My Uncle Clem ran into him one afternoon at a new railroad station down in Texas. When a train pulled up and a widow woman got off the train with her three little children. Barnaby, he was right there. Take my arm, ma'am. I wish you my condolence. Thank you, sir. Sorry, Mrs. Jones, you sure have lost a good man. He sure was. Sure was. Sure was. Come all you rounders if you want to hear a story about a brave engineer. Casey Jones was the rounder's name. And on a six day the wheel of boys, he won his fame. Call a call, Casey, as happened for. Kissed his wife at the station door. Mounted to the cabin with his daughters in his hand and took his farewell trip to the promised land. Casey Jones, mounted to the cabin. Casey Jones, with his daughters in his hand. Put in your water and shovel in your coal. Put your head out the window, boys. Watch some drivers roll. I'm going to run until she leaves the rail. Cause I'm six hours late with the Western mail. He looked at his watch and his watch was slow. He looked at his water and his water was low. Turned to the fireman and he said, 
I'm a gonna reach Frisco, but we'll all be dead. Hey, we don't gonna reach Frisco. Now Casey pulled up the Reno Hill. He tooted at the crossing with an awful shrill. Switchman knew by the engine's moan that the man at the trouble was Casey Jones. Pulled up within two miles of the place. Number four stared her right in the face. Turned to the fireman and said, Boy, you better jump, cause the two locomotives are going to bump. Casey Jones, two Pacific and the Santa Fe. Mrs. Jones had a better sign. Just received a message that a Casey man was dying. Said, go to bed, children, and hush your crying, cause you got another papa on the Salt Lake line. Casey Jones got another papa. Casey Jones on the Salt Lake line. Yes, sir. I've been looking for you, Barnaby. Get out here and get to work. If one bum gets on them trains, I'll take it out of your hide. Remember what I told you now. One bum and I take care of you. Yes, sir. <whistles> Coast is clear, fellas. Come on. Good for you, Barnaby. Yeah. Your yard boss gone? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I guess my plan's all ready to put it into execution. Now, you listen to this song. This one will be yours. Right. The bees and the cigarette trees, the soda water fountain, where the lemonade springs and the bluebird sings in that big rock candy mountain. Got that song okay? Yeah, I can remember it okay. Okay, hop to 1126, track 10, head and east. And get those bees a buzzing, boy. Yeah. What are you up to here with these bums? Well, rocking them all over the country so everybody will get to know everybody else's songs. Tie folks together even better than the railroads. Next. I'm next. Track four in ten minutes. Me, I'm tipping out on the 245 headed east. By and Barnaby had crisscrossed the country a dozen times, stopping at campfires and church socials, chuck wagons and saloons, wherever and whenever people got together to sing and dance. The first time I ever saw him myself, he was sitting back on a park bench in a big city with his hat on the back of his head and his fingers snapping and his blue eyes twinkling as he watched us young folks pass by in front of him. Watched us and listened to us. Oh, <laughs> 
Next time I saw Barnaby, he had a job as a singing waiter in one of those speakeasies that people were going to in those days. Nervous days. Everybody running around in circles. People only thinking about taking more money like those big city tycoons. I can remember how they acted. 89, 95, 102, 112. Sally, another million. Buy more Bell and Bell. A thousand shares. Hurry, hurry. Yes, sir. 130, 140, 160. Wow. Call my wife. Yes, sir. Hurry, hurry. I won't be home. Hurry, hurry. Gotta relax. Gotta yes, have sir. fun. Yes, sir. 180. Hurry, hurry. Call a nightclub. Yes, Reserve sir. a table. Yes, sir. Hurry, hurry. 206. Buy a yacht. Yes, Buy a stable. Yes, sir. Worry, worry. No need to fret. 220. Go on a binge. I'm full of plenty. Yes, sir. <laughs> Open up. Maxie knows me. I'm known here. Hello, Maxie. Making whoopee tonight? Hello, sucker. Sit down and get tight. And you wait a Barnaby. Sing him a song. I can't sing this stuff, ma'am. Spirit's all wrong. Can't sing. You're fired. You make me tired. Oh, I'm at the crest. Bigger and bigger. Hello, girls. Join me in a jigger. Let's have music loud and fast. Come on, girls. Dance when you're asked. Yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, don't mean maybe. Yes, sir, that's my baby now. Oh, yes, ma'am, we've decided. No, ma'am, we won't hide it. Yes, ma'am, you're invited now. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way. Now, when we meet that creature, we'll say, I saw Barnaby, he was lying on a park bench in Central Park, and I could see there were holes in the bottoms of his shoes. I was going over to say something to him when I noticed he was looking at a chap sitting two benches down. The fellow wasn't dressed any warmer than Barnaby. Seemed to have something on his mind. Plucked at a guitar he had and told us about it. of this radio version of Sing Out Sweet Land each had substantial careers in radio and on the Broadway stage. Before his prolific theater, film, and television career, Burl Ives began as an itinerant singer and guitarist, eventually launching his own radio show, The Wayfaring Stranger, which popularized traditional folk songs and made him a major star of CBS radio. In the 1960s, he successfully crossed over into country music, recording hits such as A Little Bitty Tear and Funny Way of Laughing. Betty Jane Watson got her start in radio in Chicago and would go on to play Laurie in the original Broadway and London companies of Oklahoma. 
Broadway actor J. Scott Smart was best known for his lead role of Brad Runyon in the Dashiell Hammett detective show The Fat Man, which aired on ABC Radio from 1946 to 1951 before being adapted as a popular film co-starring young Rock Hudson. A frequent performer on radio's Escape, Lights Out, and Cavalcade of America, actor Will Gear was in the cast of numerous legendary Broadway shows, including Tobacco Road, The Cradle Will Rock, Of Mice and Men, No Time for Sergeants, 110 in the Shade, and many more. Blacklisted as a communist in the early 1950s, his most famous role came late in life as the grandfather on TV's The Waltons. Arthur Godfrey, best known on radio with his Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, would star on stage in the Broadway musical Three to Make Ready and the comedy hit Never Too Late. He became infamous for insensitively firing popular singer Julius LaRosa on live television in 1953, tainting his down-to-earth family man image, resulting in a marked decline in popularity, which Godfrey was never able to regain. Theaters across the country need your support now more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. 